Hi, and welcome to The Light Leaders, a podcast for light workers and conscious entrepreneurs who are passionate about raising the consciousness of our planet and take action to make it happen. I'm your host, Alexis Lember, and I believe that we are currently in the middle of a global awakening of humanity, that right now is the time for heart-centered conscious people to step into our power so we can replace the old paradigm and bring the conscious new earth into manifestation. So here, I'll interview a variety of people who lead this movement of creating this new earth, whether they do it through a meditation course, a conscious podcast, or an ethical cryptocurrency. I call them light leaders. If you resonate with our mission, please help us spread the message by sharing this podcast. We're having more and more content getting censored, so we need your help. Make sure to stay in touch also by registering to our newsletter on thelightleaders.org. If you hear little nuggets you love and you'd like to share, screenshot this episode and share on your Instagram stories, make sure to tag us at the Light Leaders Podcast and we will repost. You know what is probably the most valuable resource in the modern world? It's your data. Companies like Facebook, Apple, or Google, they worth hundreds of billions of dollars because they spy on you 24-7, collect everything they can about you, and sell your data to advertisers. They also use this data against you to get you addicted to their platforms so you spend more time on your screen and more and more to censor certain opinions and whistleblowers. Now, what to do? Well, I always prefer to look at solutions. And there is a phone that runs on its own operating system that is based on encrypted blockchain technology, not Google or Apple. It's called the Clear Phone. With the Clear Phone, you own your data and choose what you want to share with apps and service providers and potentially be rewarded financially for agreeing to share your data. To learn more, visit thelightleaders.org slash clearphone. And you can also become a brand ambassador for them like I am. Hi, and welcome to this new episode of The Light Leaders. Today, I'm with Brian Swan. Brian is the co-founder of the Unstoppable Branding Agency and founder of Unstoppable Build. He's a former robotics engineer serving the semiconductor, biotech, and aerospace industries for the Western United States from 1997 to 2006. Before migrating to entrepreneurship online, he's created multiple businesses online from e-commerce, consulting, marketing, and branding, while his specialty is in strategic business development. And Brian, you're also the father of Annelie Swan that we had last week here in The Light Leaders. Beautiful. And uh, the husband of Rhonda Swan that we've had That's right, the Unstoppable Mama. Mm. You got the Unstoppables in the house right now. Unstoppable family, right? That's, yeah. that's uh, how you branded. Also that's how it experience. branded when we started our travels way mm. back in 2008. Mm. Yeah. And you're a surfer too? Surfer, yeah. <laughs> Living the, the good life. Can, can you give us a little bit of um, background on your story on how you today created um, your brand and yeah. also uh, the Unstoppable family? Yeah. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind it way back until, so right now I'm 47 years old. And uh, I'm going to rewind it back to when I was 11 years old and how things really started. Um, back then, this is what really transformed not only my life, but now my wife, my daughter's uh, life and, and how we live, how we really live day to day. My father actually, he was gay and uh, found that out at nine years old just kind of really blew my mind on like okay living in a small 2000 town uh in cambridge illinois so like 1400 kilometers away from the ocean and uh at the age of 11 there was this we never talked about it but there was a switch in my dad where he knew he had an expiration date and he didn't know if he had six months to live one year to live two years five years fortunately he lived for five years but what I saw within that time frame was that he didn't know when his, you know, his day may be his last. And he started living the bucket list movie before the bucket mm. list movie came out. And I have my brother who's four years older, three, my sis sister, seven years older than me. 
And he was just like, who wants to go to Europe? Who wants to go to Egypt? Who wants to go? And being from this little small town in a farming community where, you know, baling hay, detasseling corn, you know, far from any of the, you know, these, you know, the worlds like Indonesia, I was like, okay. And I got to, I got to go travel and see the world. And it really opened my mind of like, you know, we're bigger than this little anthill at such a small age. So now if you can take reference of like Liberace, um, and I'm trying to think of the, the guy from Queen who uh, who died of AIDS. Uh, um, yeah, Freddie Mercury. Freddie, Thank Freddie. you, Annelie. So it was all this time when they were passing away, Magic Johnson, who's living now, but it was like, it was like a death sentence. So you knew mm. that, you know, your your expiration date is coming up. But what happened at that time is I got to see witness death from the age of 11 to 16. And it was from that moment, I'm like, I'm going to do things differently. And, mm. and for instance, when I when I graduated from, uh, from high school and went to the University of Illinois, I started doing robotics engineering. My second year, I was like, there's gotta be something more to life than just, fraternities, sororities, parties, and the college lifestyle. It was the best thing in the world. And I went, you know what? I'm going to go travel. I'm going to, and I only thought, this is how naive I was. I only thought there was two other countries in the world that spoke English. I thought it was Australia and England. I, that's really what I thought. And I went to Australia and this moment, there's always, I think there's defining moments in your life. Mm. Uh, one of them, I went to the beach the second day I was there and I saw a hot chick in a bikini and I saw a guy catch a head high barrel. And I just remember like, whoa, I'm like, I'm going to be that. I don't know how I'm gonna do that, but that's the kind of the lifestyle. And from right then, it's like, that's where I started learning to surf and I started living this lifestyle. So 1400 kilometers away from the ocean to like, I'm gonna be how this. Old, how old were you then? I was 20 years old, mm. so yeah, 27 years ago. Okay, and there's been a bit of time then between that realization and the moment you started living that like this, right? You know, it was there when I and I saw like the movie The Endless Summer, these classic movies, and when I when I graduated after I spent a year over in uh, in Australia, which was in Perth, mm -hmm. I was there for a year, and it was in March of uh, two or March of 1995. And my roommate, so living in Perth, you're three hours away. He goes, we got to go to Bali. And I was like, Bali? I'm like, what's Bali? And I remember stepping off the plane and go, just looking out. I'm like, I never knew this world existed. So if you think about this, in 1995, I saw, you know, all of Bali. I was just, I was blown away. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting on the beach in Kuta. And I remember looking out like at, at Uluwatu. So when you're sitting in Kuta, and Kuta wasn't like, what you know, Kuta, there was like nothing mm -hmm. really. There's hotels, a couple bars, restaurants, nothing like that. And I just remember looking out at Uluwatu and I was just learning to surf. And I said to myself, another defining moment, I was like going, how can I live this lifestyle? Little did I know that one of the, the gentlemen that created uh, uh, Netscape, like the first worldwide browser, was actually creating it in the lab room that I was working in. And, but it was from that, I was in like- Kuta. Well, he was in University of Illinois. Okay. But because I didn't knew nothing, there's, the internet didn't exist. Mm -hmm. But I was like, how could I actually do this? I'm like, I'm like and then this is like, it just appears. And that's what's, you know, I, 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 I did robotics engineer for 10 years, right? Living, working semiconductor, life sciences, biotech. I sold actuators to Elon Musk back in like 2002, 2003. I thought, I didn't know who the guy was, but he had a rocket on his, on his floor. I was like, I'm like, whoa. But it was during this time, I'm like, huh. And, it w and here's an interesting thing, because you've already had my wife, Rhonda. She's the unstoppable mama. And we did a trip in 2004 to Bali and to the Metawise. And we're sitting in Kuta and I, I'm like, I'm ready to go hang out, go party. And she, she looks at me and she goes, isn't there something more to life? And I'm like, I go, what are you talking about? I go, we both got six figure corporate jobs. I'm mm -hmm. in the uh, robotics industry, you know, kind of a high prestigious kind of level, but it's, I'm working a, I'm working a corporate job. Mm -hmm. She was in the pharmaceutical world and that whole world, you know, that's why she actually quit because she started realizing like, what am I actually doing? What is my purpose? And it was from there that my wife, you know, shortly after that, she had a, she had a, 
a big situation to where she witnessed a woman coming in late for work. And my wife wanted to share this, but I think it's so important. We just, and, and I'm gonna like circle it back. We just bought our first million dollar house, our second house in California, 2003. And she tells me, I want to have a family. I'm like, of course we're gonna have a family. That's why we bought this five bedroom house. And this is why we're overlooking the ocean, surfing before we go get into our cars and drive to work, you know, one hour each the way. The American dream. The American dream. And she goes, she goes, I'm not gonna put my kids in daycare. And I looked at her, I'm like, I go, I don't care if I'm my boss's boss's boss. I'm never gonna have enough to pay our mortgage. And she goes, you better find another job. I go, you better find something that you can work from home. And if you can think about that, that was actually around 2004. She goes, okay. Little did I know, she found, she Googled stay-at-home mom, got started with some business and personal development, talking law of attraction before the law, you know, before mm -hmm. the movie The Secret came out. So like way back in the day, she retired me from my corporate job. And it was like- What, what was she doing? She was a, she was in a before the pharmaceutical or in the, the uh, business. Uh, the, the it was an affiliate marketing that had a personal development course, mm. and then we had events. So like a three day and a five day event, having you know speakers in the personal development. Like a lot of the speakers then were people from the movie The Secret. Mm. But it, I went from the first event sitting in with my arms. I gotta watch out this microphone, mm. but sitting in the, my arms, there's a thousand people out there. And we're in Cancun, Mexico, and I'm sitting there in the back going, what are these people <laughs> all about? What is this law of attraction? What was the company? Liberty famous? League International, way back in the day. They, they no longer exist. They, they probably broke up probably about 10 years, maybe even more. Okay. And But it was that, that, it was that thing to where it just opened up my mind that these people, they may not be smarter, but they want to do something different. And it was just that, that switch to there's like, there could be something else out there. There could be something more and meaningful. And that was what gave us like the, the whole break of like, ah, and it was in, and where, what really got me was when my wife, she had a $47,000 a month and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm like, this internet thing can really work. Mm -hmm. And that's what catapulted us. So we quit our job. She retired me from my job. We just kept on investing in heavily in real estate. We were rock and rolling, having you know three cars, big house, bought another house in, in San Diego, invested in a big golf course uh, real estate development deal. And two weeks after Hanalei was born, we found out that we were losing everything. So we went from millionaire status to losing everything like that. And it was, that was another defining moment. And was it was- the, the real estate bubble? It was in the real estate. We we're gonna lose it anyway, because mm -hmm. we were just, we, we were too cocky. We, were too, <laughs> we thought everything we touched turned to gold. So it was, it was a matter of time. If it wasn't this thing, it would have been something else. Mm -hmm. And it was pro, and I would have to, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now unless if we went through one of the worst moments in our life. And for a year and a half, we were dealing with lawyers, lawsuits, mental mind. Uh, you know, we had family involved, friends. It was it was horrible. But when we made a decision, we made this decision. We're like, and it was it was from Tim Ferriss. We were reading, we read the book multiple times, and there was this chapter called the Mini Retirement, mm. and he was talking about how if you had a system, something automated or something online, you could live everywhere in the world. And I was like, I go, what if we just got rid of everything and just went and lived our perfect day now? And I said to my wife, I said, I go, what if we got rid of everything? And she goes, are you crazy? And it kept on happening to where I finally asked her on June 5th, 2008. And we popped, up, uh, popped a bottle of wine. <laughs> where we're saving for a uh, special moment. This is what's crazy. I told her to listen to this chapter in the book and I go, I, I want you to listen to this chapter uh, while I go to sleep and just listen to it outright. And I woke up at two in the morning. She wasn't in bed. I walked downstairs and she's in the kitchen on the computer at two in the morning. She's typing in Bali. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And that's what set it off. I think uh, maybe half of the people are having that chair 
I've had a big realization also yeah. with uh, reading the four-hour work week, and that's, yeah. that's been the case for me too. So, you, Tim Ferriss, if you come to Bali, Tim Ferriss, there's a spot here. Yes, in indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. To honor him. Yeah. <laughs> and where did um, where did the perfect day come from out of it? Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was that personal development. It was like a fifteen hundred dollar course. And my wife. She was, uh, I didn't know, I, I was too scared to actually do any journaling or do any deep work on myself. And I didn't mm. even know what deep work meant or personal, I didn't know. But she had this, she had this course that she already had and she goes, why don't you do it? And for six months, I looked at it and the first exercise was how to create your perfect day. And I was so scared to write in it for six months and it was fear of, what my wife would think if I if she found it. What would my friends think if they found it? What if none of what if this didn't come true? What if I was going to failure, you know, fail or whatever? But it was that first exercise that I actually wrote out, and I I have the screenshot of I have a picture of it, uh, August sixteenth, two thousand six, and I wrote out what my perfect day would look mm -hmm. like, and it's pretty much kind of what I'm living at now versus I was describing how I'd be living in Hanalei Bay, which Hanalei, that's where we named her after we got married. But that's where it really started was that one mm -hmm. exercise. And, and circling back to, um, also you mentioned the, the, your father having that expiry yeah. date, you know, and um, is it also seeing how your father lived when he knew that and that connection to death that made you want to take that jump and, and go for it in a way? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that this is the little, when I wrote out what my perfect day would look like was when we're on the top of the world. And so even if it didn't, like I knew we were going to have enough money to like, we can do this, no problem. But shortly after that is when we lost everything. And that's when, after two weeks when Hanalei was born, and so in 2007, she was born April 17th. We just looked at each other and went, what do we do? Do we go back and get our corporate jobs? Because when you're not, when, when you're losing everything and then you're trying to sell uh, a high ticket item for like 20 some thousand dollars to people on wealth consciousness mm. and you're losing everything, you can't make a dime. And we're like, what do we do? And my wife from that story that I told you, she looked at me and she said, I made a vow never to put my daughter in daycare. And I said, from experiencing my father's life of you know, not knowing when your expiration date is, I said, we better go live you know, our perfect day right now. And I'm not talking about a perfect day, just 24 hours you have left to live, but what is your ideal average day going to look like? And it was at that point when we both said that, that's when we made the decisions like, let's go do this now. Mm -hmm. And when we said it, we said, we're gonna go on a two year trip around the world. Now it's you know indefinite, it's 13 years later, my daughter's 14 and mm -hmm. this is, now I, I, I don't, I can't even see like that life for going back into the matrix. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't even make sense to me anymore. And, and I love that approach also, it doesn't have to be so radical, but, trying maybe taking a year or even yeah. a few months. I mean, same when I quit my job, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to try my dream of doing my personal growth company, living between Australia and Bali for six months and I'll, and I'll see, you know, and worst case doesn't work out, but it's definitely good what's to a, try. Yeah. What's, right? And what's worst case scenario? You know, you gotta, you gotta, what's the worst case and what's the best case? But so many people are afraid to make that leap and you know, and I actually did this exercise. I, I put it out. I recreated that per, how mm. to create your perfect day exercise. I put it up on YouTube like 10 years ago. And there's so many people in Bali that actually found that video. And that was the catalyst. I was going to say, I've had Gavin Dentist, Gavin was for example, here in this and, chair. And many and other he's people. Been talking to me so much about it. And yeah. that was like a year and a half ago. And, and then I, I did it too. Oh, and nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm pretty much living it too. Yeah. So it, it works really well. And um, and also feel like that's something that might be more around now, but ten years ago was really pioneer, right? It was. It wasn't like you know we're we're really like the first digital nomad family. So mm. that it was working online, traveling, and that was how you did. There was no such word as digital nomad. Mm. So when we made the decision and we said 
you know, and people knew that we lost every, we were losing everything. And when we made the decision, we had people just like, how could you do this to your daughter? She's going to be broken. She's, you know, she's not going to have any friends, all blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was at that time I was like, well, I'm going to go with my heart. And if something's not, it's like something's not working, let's course correct. But like, let's not live in fear and like, okay, we're going to go back and get our jobs. Because if we go back and get our jobs, we're, you know, we're basically living dead, you know? It's like, why? Mm. I'm super excited to, uh, to have you here because you embody so much that like freedom lifestyle, but also have a family, right? You have Absolutely. your wife, Rhonda, and your daughter, Annelie. And sometimes when people see my life in Bali, they will say, oh, yeah, you're living that digital nomad lifestyle, but that's because you don't really have responsibilities, you don't have kids. And some people find it, uh, it would be impossible if you have kids. And yeah. you've obviously demonstrated it's not. So I find it super <laughs> inspiring. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like before we, like when we when we were still rocking and rolling, before we lo lost everything, we actually took a trip around, you know, for like three months Ron and I in 2006, a year before Hanalei was born. And uh, we said, we're going to, you know, let's conceive a child while we're on a trip because we can't mm. travel with kids. But it was mm. actually from the four hour work week, we're like, mm. this internet thing is not going anywhere. And it's like, like we have nothing to lose right now. When you have nothing to lose, you're just like, well, what do you have? Mm. What, what are you really fearful of at that time? You know? have, have you had um, other families come up and telling you like, oh, you showed me something that I thought yeah. was impossible. And, and you know, that's probably the, that. it's probably the most rewarding thing. Cause at first there's no one doing what we were doing. I thought there was going to be families and stuff. We traveled for two years. We didn't meet anyone. And then you start meeting people and then people are like, Hey, you guys inspired us just, you know, by what you're doing. So it's really gratifying to get a lot of messages and people I'm finally doing it. Like mm. even, you know, right now, even. So many, yeah. actually. And, and I'm curious because I mean, it turned out really well. Um, listeners can listen to the podcast with Hanali and, yeah. and be blown away by, uh, um, you know, how confident and what she's creating. And, and I'm curious, uh, how did you, what was the education then? Like, how did you well, the well, the education with Hanalei was, she went to school when she was two years old here in Bali. That was her first school. So she started going to school. She went to school in here in Bali. She went to school in Mexico, Peru, um, uh, Panama, Brazil. And, and you know, when she got to the age of like five years old, we're like, do you want to homeschool? And she goes, no, I want to go to school. She's the only child. She goes, I want to go to school. So she went to school all the way up until nine years old. And uh, we were here in Bali, so she was going to school for a couple of years. And one of the schools we were going to, you know, it was, it was to, uh, so she, we said that she's an artist, she's doing fashion design, and she already had her, started her fashion designing company at nine years old. And, and it was from the question, not what do you want to be when you grow up, but what do you want to be mm -hmm. now? And you'll probably, I'm sure Hanalei talked about that on, on her podcast, so you can go back and rewind mm -hmm. that. But at the age of nine, she would come home from work mm. and her passion was, you know, designing. Then she'd have to go to her, you know, uh, go to her, uh, uh, that wasn't a factory. It's just a design shop when she had five employees, but she was exhausted because she would be working with that. And then she would do her artwork and at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, she'd just be falling down. Mm. And finally we're like, is school, do you want to do that? And she goes, well, let's just test it out. So from the age of, I think, about nine years old, she's uh, homeschooled, but it really hasn't been from Rhonda or myself. Mm -hmm. She's got the education of, of, of seeing us working and seeing us in, in action. She's, she's a, she sees us with our business when we hire, when we fire, when we make important decisions. She's always part of the equation if she wants to be. So she gets the education of, like, of that. Uh, and she only has a mentor like two times a week. She does a little can academy, mm -hmm. but I, we don't put the emphasis on schoolwork. And, and it was even like a year ago where she, she goes, dad, can you help me out with this work? And I, I start looking at it. I go, I haven't used that since I was in high school. And the only reason I used that was memorization to get a good grade. I go, 
I go, anything that you have to memorize, do not do. So we do not push her at all on the school. She's very motivated, she's very driven, but we give her guidance and we help mm -hmm. her out. And, and what we do also, I think this is the most important thing, because we're not artists, Rhonda and I, like she, she's a whole different brain, mm -hmm. but we surround ourselves with people that can give her you know, that kind of education, but it's surrounding with the right people. We keep mm -hmm. it very, you know, the circle very close. Because we don't want, you know, you got to, you know, energy and and uh, we don't want it sucking from her. We mm -hmm. want to just bring around the right people where she can learn and and see things from, a, uh, you know, a different point of view and, and learn mm -hmm. from that. I don't look my, at myself as, you know, this is kind of the, the old school way of, of like, I'm the superior or I don't even know what the right word. I'm the superior and you're going to learn from me. Yeah. Rhonda and I, we learn from Hanalei as much as what if not more than what she learns from us mm. and she teaches us you know how to be kind how to be compassionate and and we always ask her you know we, we allow her to make decisions we've allowed her to be making decisions from early ages so when you let children make decisions from early ages it doesn't it's not difficult I, I, when they're yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I you talk about the support and the guidance and at the same time even that question what do you want to do now is like how do you how do you treat the person then is going to help them come into their power and it's not because you're a child that you can't be in your yeah. power and have responsibility right you know and it was from a book uh the self-esteem prophecy I, was, I just listened to the podcast and i've just read that book actually yeah, so, yeah no it's, it's so powerful and and we got that book and one of the chapters in there was uh, it was about, it was a, one of the chapters was the woman, the, the mom is with her daughter. And I think the daughter was only four years mm. old and it was treating them like human beings. Mm. So when someone asked like, what is your daughter's name? Why we were going like, her? why don't you ask her? <laughs> what is your daughter? What would she like to eat? Ask her, you know, mm. she, you know, she's a human being. She, she can respond. Yeah, and so it was from there that gave her really, the empowerment of a we trust her mm. and really treat her like hey mm. i can make decisions you know yeah that's, super, that's simple but super powerful and game-changing it's so simple but it's it's so not done you know it's so interesting how you've like challenged the assumptions of how life could be in so many areas in family in, and traveling and using the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. And I know you You also have a really enjoyable lifestyle. Like you're not a hustler, right? Like you do, you have your company and you do things seriously, but at the same time, you take a lot of time to, to surf, to enjoy life. Absolutely. You know, one of the best things about COVID is it really got to, I got to, I, we started doing my wife, and I, we started really doing deep work, really going deep within ourselves uh, and within our relationship. And we've, we dove real deep. And before COVID, we were traveling six months out of the year. So we're always on the move, either mm -hmm. having events or speaking at events. But COVID, when you can't move, we're like, well, what do we do? Excuse me, I got a little itch on my nose. <laughs> But it was at that time to where it's like, what is the most, like, what is our highest values? And for instance, I have a beard company, right? Yeah. So for three, Unstoppable Beard, what's funny about this, we've been joking. I've had a beard for five years and my wife and my daughter and I, we've talked about having a beard company and I've always used excuses of, well, we're traveling, we're doing this and Hanalei, and this is where you got to listen to your kids. Hanalei looked at me, it was probably three months after COVID, so probably like, this exact same time one year ago and she goes when are you ever going to start that beard company dad <laughs> and when your 13 year old asks you that you're like i don't have any more excuses there's no more excuses i'm like i, I i'm not traveling i'm not doing this our branding agency we, we're, we're fixing our systems and you know creating um it was really building the systems and automating things because if COVID wasn't a wake up to where you have to be doing something online, brick and mortar, any business, if you haven't got it yet, you're hiding under a rock mm -hmm. and you're going to be irrelevant. And 
it was from there, I'm like, I also, you had to think about it. We have a branding and PR agency. We have a brand, my daughter, she's got a fashion company. And I was like, well, every single thing that I do, I'm like, how is it gonna work with what we already have? Mm. And I'm like, now a beard, I have a beard, right? On my unstoppable surfer brand, it's like I'm surfing every day. What it comes down to is the things that you're passionate about. And when you don't have to, like nobody has to tell me to wake up and go check the surf. No one has to tell me to go, you know, it's like, hey, dad, did you go surf today? No, I'm gonna do that every single day. And I'm like, if I can create a brand that revolves around my lifestyle, like of mm. surfing, I'm like, create a brand around what are our values? In her company, it's eco-friendly, being sustainable. I'm like, well, I can have a beard company that has eco-friendly, sustainable. I can learn about e-commerce. I can learn about different types of marketing. But what's also going to happen is that through all my marketing, because we're marketers, mm. through all the marketing stuff, that brand is going to play and going to filter people back to our branding agency, to my daughter's company, and vice versa. And people are going to see like the whole system. It keeps on everything's inter mm. intertwined. So it was like it wasn't of like I'm going to do something just because I want to make a beard product. I'm like I really thought like mm. this is going to be something that I can really evolve around our branding agency and and working together. So. Yeah, that's smart. I, I feel in business for people who have a lot of passions, which is my case and also you, also yours. Mm -hmm. um, like sometimes we want to do a, a new project and it can feel like we're losing the momentum of the old project, but there are yeah. smart ways where you can tie them together. Yeah. And I, I, I feel for me, usually it's like a greater why in a way. Yeah. And so that brings me to, I'd love to know if you could share what's your main why like your mission vision for the world well that's a deep one uh you know i think it's really opening people's eyes to what's really possible and to go deeper on, on this we we started that way back in 2008 and if you look at this i'm just going to show you this right here right, so that's a tattoo for the people listening this is the tattoo if you can see it on the video this is Hanalei Bay. My daughter actually designed mm. this uh, on this and she did my other uh, tattoo on my back. But you see the date, November 25th, 2008. That's the day that we basically unplugged from the Matrix, left San Diego mm. and went to Hawaii and it's embodying the surf, the mountains. This is our plane. This is my wife, uh, the hibiscus. And it, it evolves, you know, it just kind of wraps everything around that. So we took that, but how can we do, how can we go even further now? So that, you know, it's a great story. Now everybody's a digital nomad, but now how can, you know, what's, what's, what's really happening? COVID is just, it's, it's that slam in the face of what can we do better? And it was really diving in deeper, you know, doing a lot of work on ourselves, going deep meditation, you know, medicine. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's not just, it's becoming a better human being yourself, but then the relationship with my wife and with my family and, and opening people's eyes to like, you can to do this. And it's really leading by example. Mm -hmm. And for example, like one of the things that I made a priority Hanalei, this is so funny, but you probably, she's probably said that in the last podcast. She's like, dad, I, this, this COVID thing is really messing with my travel. Cause like it's instilled in her of traveling. Cause we were always traveling every two months. So I said to her, I'm like, well, we're not leaving Indonesia this year. I'm just, we just made a decision. I'm not leaving Indonesia. And the reason why is at, during this time, there's there's going to be things that can come up send me back to the US. I'm it's like I'm just not doing it. Like I got to see how things play out, but this is where I want to where I want to be. It's given me the time, freedom to really not only dive deep in within ourselves, but my daughter's 14 and I made a decision. I'm like we're going to go traveling. And now she's a surfer. It's like so once a month we're going on a surf trip. We've actually pushed it up to about every 3 weeks because it's it's our passion of ours, right? We get work done too. It's like, we're not just like, hey, I'm gonna go on a surf holiday. Mm. We're doing stuff for our brands. We're, you know, this is times where we get to bond. She's doing her sketching for her new fashion design. It's evolving around surf. So it's business. Everything mm. that we do, there's, it's business is involved with what we do. So mm. it's, it's not just 
And with, Either or. <laughs> with surfing, it works really well because I like to have my laptop like this. If the surf's great, amazing, I go surfing. Yeah. Is, if the surf's not that great, I'm not too frustrated because I no. can work. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And and I tell you, being able to have these, these moments with my daughter, mm. it's priceless. And we have so much, like, it's, we have... And I think it's just as entrepreneurs, we put that burden on ourselves of like, I got to do this and this. And if I look at what I have to do over the years, I've always said, I can't do this because I got this, this, and this. But when you make it a highest value, and I get this from one of Hanalei's mentors, he's a friend of ours, Dr. D. Martini. He was on uh, the movie, The Secret. Hanalei spoke with him on stage in Las Vegas like three years ago, but he was he was so fascinated by Hanalei on like of like what do you, he was what do you do in your average day and he talked mm -hmm. about drawing this and he says you got to have your life evolve around your three highest values surfing family and, and business for me and I just make it a priority like we just went over to I just got off we just got off the plane straight <laughs> from Sambawa and came straight to here but when I looked at my schedule ahead and then I'm going away for five day water fast, fire, meditation up in the mountains, no laptop, nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that in two days. Rhonda's just getting back from one. Uh, and we went, she went up there and we're like, we're going to go on a surf trip. We're going to go, go explore. But we made it to where that is the priority mm -hmm. versus I have this project, this campaign. And when you make that as just a priority that you're, you make it as like, as if you have a corporate job and your corporate job says, you have to be here or you're fired. What would you do? You, you show up. And if you treat these things as if you're going to get fired, you're firing yourself, I go. And that's like, and it's it's beautiful. It's like we've mm. got to have the best bonding experiences ever. And that's something you can even reflect in your calendar, for example. I know for me, yeah. I used to have a calendar. It was work tasks. And yeah. the rest like, is not prioritized. And then I moved from putting surfing or meditation or um, spending a day with my partner making love, these kind of things. I would yeah. put them in the calendar them so in it the becomes calendar. priority and as important. It's You have to. And if you don't mm. make it a priority, other things are going to rule your life. Mm. Do you, yeah, do you feel you do business way better because you've been surfing on holiday? 100 yeah. percent you know for instance this is this is great uh so we have we have our team we have a sales team um and uh someone i only take referrals so i don't i don't just you know it's like it's got to be somebody who's really to where i'll actually talk to them but she set my calendar uh for friday at 10 a.m and i'm like i'm gonna just have landed in lombok i'm gonna be in a transport for two hours until I get to the ferry. And then I had another call that was at one o'clock while I knew I was going to be on the ferry. And, uh, you know, my old self would say, you can't do that because you're not professional. And, you're not. and I'm like, no, I'm going to be there. I'm going to have backup. But the fact that I was doing the call and doing like this, like present, it wasn't really a presentation. It's more of a, uh, a bonding community, like, uh, getting to know who the person is versus selling. It was an hour in the car and she's like, I'm in. There's like, it, but it's because people want what you have. And if you're driving through Lombok mm. and it's, it's like, we don't have to say how good we are, right? Like if, you, if you're good enough, the, you know, all the things that they, they see online, that's like, what are people going to see when they Google your name, right? If they're seeing this stuff already, you don't have to tell how good your stuff is. You just like go check it out. But it's when they can also see like he's living his highest value. They, they may not be saying that, but like, wow, he's actually able to do that like while traveling. Like, and they could have cut out. It was actually went beautifully, but high in client. Another high in client had it at one o'clock and I'm, they're like, what, where are you at? I'm like, I'm on the ferry between Lombok and Sabao. I'm taking my daughter away for Father's Day weekend. We're going on a surfing trip. And we're also going to be looking at property. It's that where you're like, there's going to be some things to where, you know, the internet may cut out. But it's like, if you can do that, I mean, if I, if I was on a call, I'd be like, wow, that's interesting. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do that. So 
your question is, we actually do make more money when I'm surfing and living what I'm really passionate about. It always happens. And when you're grinding at it and you're forcing things, it's the same thing when like, when we lost everything and I'm trying to sell a 20 some thousand dollar wealth conscious, but I'm losing everything inside. And I'm sitting trying to just, I'm putting dollar signs on people's foreheads and try to force that sale. Mm -hmm. No one's getting started with you. Energetically, they're gonna feel it. Yeah. Like this guy's like, no, I'm not saying it. I'm saying all the right things, but what is he actually, how is it coming across? Mm. Yeah, so more I surf, the more I do trips, more money we make. Mm. So I, I think I have to go on a trip again next week. <laughs> <laughs> After I go for five days meditation on yeah. a water fast. And, and I do believe people are very sensitive to energy and magnetism, even yeah. if they're not conscious of it. It's yeah. built in us. 100%. We have the, these built-in mechanisms that we can smell BS from across the world. It comes across. Mm. You know, and do I have time to do a five-day water fast and praying in the mountains? Like, do I have time for that? <laughs> Old self, no. But when you make it a priority, it's like, all right, get my things done, and that's a priority. Mm. I, it ties up to that Tim Ferriss mentality to, he, he talks in a TED talk about when he had to leave for two months his business yeah. and how he, I'd saved his business. And I find the same when I go five days away, I come back, I'm like, okay, that's not necessary. Like th there's a lot of optimization that I find thanks to that uh, bird eye view that I got from going away a bit. Absolutely. You gotta be, you gotta be working on yourself. You gotta be, uh, and you know, it's like also, it's what happens too is what we've been doing. We went from Corona, uh, pre-COVID, eight employees up to like 55 employees now in our branding agency. And what has happened in that time frame? no one's going to be able to do the work that you do as good as you do. It's just, that's just, you're, they're just never going to, but it's allowing your, your people and empowering them to like, do it, do it the best you can and letting things go because speed to the market is key and i'm like if i'm like just trying to you know like no you can't do this this it's like there's a lot of things like but you got to sit back and like all right just mm -hmm. roll with it and you'll be surprised how much they can surprise you and when you give them that that like hey can you help me out like this is what i'm thinking but i really like your input it empowers the employees and they're like mm -hmm. they take it on as uh you know on their own versus i'm an employee and i'm just taking directions you know, or instructions and orders or whatever you want to call it. And I feel like you're, you're touching on, on two things really important for entrepreneurs. Um, one is when you employ people, how you can have them motivated when yeah. you give more freedom. Yeah. And the other one is also, I feel there's a trap in probably a lot of solopreneurs listen to us and trying to do everything themselves. And sometimes when you have less time, you remove yourself a bit. Well, there's maybe someone you can employ to do that. Absolutely, there, there's there's a couple things I wanna hit on on that. Or auto, if, automate also, right? like with inside, I employ or I automate, yeah. and when I employ, how can I give them more freedom? There's Okay, so one of the things, and I think I got this from Tim Ferriss, and uh, oh man, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, oh, but it'll come to me. Um, but the question was, when he has any new business partners and he hires any new employees, uh, start with why. Would you know that the book, Start With yes, Why? Simon Sinek. Yeah, Simon. So he's, he, I heard an interview, I think it was an interview with, maybe it was on Tim Ferriss or something like that. For any new business partner and any new employees, he asks this question. First of all, uh, what, he says, what do you selfishly want from us? Mm. So like when I hire a new salesperson, selfishly, I want them to make sales, right? But what do you selfishly want from Rhonda, myself, or even Hanalei or the company? Because if we're able to know what they're, you know, what they really want, we're, I mean, we're, we also are, uh, are we're, we're hiring to where they're eventually going to move on, right? Mm -hmm. But you, that's kind of like the goal. You want them to be empowered enough to where it's like they're going to fly their own wings. But if you know exactly, like, like for instance, 
I want to be closer to Rhonda and I want to be able to mm. speak on stage. And if we know that and we can help orchestrate that, they're, they know that they're like, they're, they're here, to, uh, you know, with like a mission to, to be able to contribute. And it's like, this, and mm. we know how to serve them. Yeah. And it blows their mind when you actually ask. And I said, you have to, when I, and I say it selfishly because selfishly, like every single morning I go surf, I do this and I have to selfishly take care of myself before I can take care of anyone else. Paul from a field cup. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I'm trying to do, for example, with this show. Yeah. I have an amazing guy called David who's creating a, a lot of the little videos, putting yeah. them on the right, on the platforms. And, and the first time a couple of years ago when I started hiring a VA, I was more saying, okay, you do this, you do that. Yeah. And it didn't work at all. And this time I took the approach, at least as much as I'm trying to, to really see, be like, okay, how, so you're going to help me, but how can we help you build like a powerful marketing agency yeah. through the collaboration we're doing? And it's been an amazing collaboration. Thank you, David. <laughs> nice. Thank you, David. Um, if you were to boil it down to yeah. something practical and simple, what advice would you give to the listener who wants to uh, live that that dream life without limits? Oh, it's a, you know, it always comes down to drawing a line in the sand and just say, I'm making a decision to do that. I'm going to go from a quote from the book of the Tao and it's a thousand, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And what people always start with, they're like, well, how can I do it? It's like, well, just take the first step, do this exercise. Learn one skill, you know, and it can be like copywriting. It could be like mm. sales. It could be like Facebook ads. I mean, there's so many like digital marketers, like learning how to market and learning mm. one skill. You learn that one thing and if you can, and then help out, you know, being an intern, not get paid. Like of somebody like you really look up to, learn something and, mm. and be able to like, just like, hey, I'll come on board for a while and work for free do that but it's like it starts to also like for instance i always people are where do i start i'm like well start with this create your perfect day exercise yeah. it's simple it's this but once they take that first step then they're going to take the next step mm. and then it's like all right so do this. Let, let's talk about create the perfect day that's an yeah. exercise the listener could do now for example absolutely at the end of this episode so uh, what, what would be the guidelines there what were the guidelines so the the video that i shoot so if you just Create your perfect day on YouTube. I'll pull up. It's a okay. Old, let's do a short one here, and then yeah. they can watch the whole video. So it's what your ideal average day would look like, and the questions you have is what would your morning look like? What do you do when you first wake mm. up? You know, what are you going to eat for breakfast? What kind of people mm. are you going to be associating yourself mm. with? What uh, what kind of business are you going to be conducting? Mm. What is your what is mm. your perfect partner, or, or what does your partner look like? You know, it's asking those provoking questions to where you have to think, right? Uh, like what it would look like. And it's not doing these and like, oh, I'm living this perfect day. It also comes with action. So what action yeah. steps are you going to be taking in order to do achieve you, that? Do you get people to really feel the emotion that comes with it too? Yeah, if you don't have the emotion, yeah. then it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Like for instance, I'll like I can recite my perfect day of, I wake up and I'm gonna I'm gonna close my eyes and do this. I wake up at 6 a.m. You know, you know, pre, you know, before the sun, uh, before the sunrise, I can smell the salt water and the air and hear the thundering uh, ocean crash. And as I walk out with barely any light, there's double overhead waves. I paddle out to Middles in Hanalei Bay, and I go have a two-hour incredible mm -hmm. session getting barreled. I come back. I my I kiss my wife. I kiss my my kids. And when I wrote that, I didn't have any kids at the time, <laughs> and I but I knew I was going to have if I had a daughter, it's going to be Hanalei. Uh, I eat breakfast with them, even though I don't eat breakfast anymore. I eat breakfast with them. I do a few hours of work on something I'm extremely passionate about. Then we go and we have we have lunch. And now I don't have lunch until two or three, so it's a little different. But but <laughs> yeah, I can feel what you, you can say feel this because I can feeling. see and, and when mm. people can see and visualize what that mm. would look like, and it's it, it it gets that energy to where you're like, oh, how does that feel? Versus I'm waking up, taking a shower, and my freaking coffee is how my exercise, and I'm gonna jump in a car like. 
that sucks. But mm. if you can feel that, it gives you the incentive of like, okay, I know it's not going to be easy, but is it worth it? Mm. You know, that's that's where it really starts. So it's all emotion. And when we're making decisions, you know, you have logic, but you're making the emotional decisions. You gotta you gotta have the logic to be able to, you know, it's to to like, you know, to to go like the logic to like, okay, this is why, but like the emotion going mm. you know, like there's a reason it's that like going with the gut and going with heart. We got those, you know, you have to go with that. And it's you know, otherwise mm. I'd be a robotics engineer just thinking logically and uh, I'd still be doing the same thing. Yeah. I feel that that's something uh Maybe we need to learn more as men. I don't know, but Absolutely. we're all often less connected to our emotions. But it's, it's really important that creation process. Uh, you know, it's in, in like a few years ago, and I think I met you, you went to like the men's group, like to in the last over at uh, Nirvana. Have you ever been? Uh, I haven't, but I'm part of some men's group. Yeah, but it was it was like three years ago that, uh, and I remember I was confronted. When I, I was, I think it was just right after first of the year. It's like about three years ago. And uh, there was a guy, Dave, uh, Die Manual. He's back. In, he was here for a couple of years. And he goes, I got a men's group. And I'm like, what's that about? <laughs> and I'm like, man. And I remember we sat there. And I'm like, you know, typically a men's group would be going to the bar, having food and having drinks. And there's no drinks. Mm. We eat some food. But I was confronted. I was like. Like, and they're talking about sharing your feelings and, and I'm like, man, I ain't going to share my feelings because men, we're like, we don't, we don't share feelings. If you look at like how history there's, you hide those emotions. And when I, I went, I was like, wow, this is cool. And I'm not talking about like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to a psychiatrist and bleed out, but it's like really sharing and, and you know, how to be a better man and sharing it with other men and what the feminine energy I read a book that was that from there is the way of the uh, superior man. Yeah, that did I, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, whoa, from that book. And see, when you're saying, what is your, you know, what are the steps? It's taking these little steps on mm. like finding who's doing something that's something that you really aspire to be to and what are they doing? And you start taking those steps every single yeah. day. And, and and I'm so grateful to be in Bali to start with. And also why I do that, that podcast. I can interview people yeah. that I'm inspired from and take <laughs> take a little bit. From exactly. All these because it's, it's so not like there's one way to do it. Mm. And that's like with, with my daughter, it's like, okay, what's the best way to teach her? And we've had we've had a couple articles that have just went out and it was about schooling, unschooling, mm. and and you know. Uh, homeschooling and how do you do it? There's no right way. Yeah. And like for uh, like, what's your religion? I'm not really religious, but I'm spiritual and I like to yeah. take something from like Hinduism mm. and Buddhism. And I, I like this about Christianity, like, but it's like kind of making my own mix, right? Mm. And we've talked about, uh, we're going to approach the end of this, this episode. Yeah. I feel we could start start going for uh, another hour, but uh, we'll limit it. No worries. Uh, we talked about how you, yeah, challenges the views. You also told me like Hanalei uh, never had vaccines, for example. Yeah. And I know it's something um, people weren't really doing. Now, now it's more of a debate with what's happening. I'm curious also what's your uh, view on, on what's happening in the world right now? Yeah. Well, let me, let me go back to when we made the decision. So my wife, she was working for a, GlaxoSmithKline, you know, one of the biggest pharmaceutical, right? And, you know, as a child, I was vaccine, she was. And when we're having our daughter and she was going through all these clinical, these mm. case studies, and that's what like had her like, I can't do this anymore. Like, mm. she just like, she's making good money, but she's like, I can't do this anymore. <clears throat> and she started reading books about like vaccines and mm. like, you know, doing your own research. And I think that's yeah. the most important thing. People are so, they want it. Like you hear this on the news that's fed to you and you think of the government and you're like, well, this is the way it most must be. And when my wife, she presented it to me before Hanali was born, she goes, I, I don't think we're going to vaccinate. And I was like, are you, what do you mean? Like, and that was myself. But then she goes, I've done all this research, mm -hmm. read this. And when I started reading, I'm like, 
Holy cow. I, I remember uh, two years ago, I was at the New Us Festival, yeah, listening yeah. to Dell Bigtree, yeah. who's done amazing Well, Hannah Lay spoke just before yeah, yeah, Dell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Dell Bigtree, that uh, if you can find him, because <laughs> yeah. he's getting a bit censored recently. Yeah. Well, he's he's like, done amazing cutting. research. And at first I was, I was really resistant to it. I was right. like, wow, that's super weird. And two years down the line, uh, but at, at the time it was, Nice getting more mainstream in a way to, yeah. to look into this, but well, and that's time. before you know COVID. And so Hanalei spoke, and then Dell uh, he says, "Hey, if you're we we started we got to know him at the New Earth, and he he says, hey, if you're in LA, I'd like to have you on the show.' So when we mm, went to LA, the high wire, the high wire. So we were on the high wire uh, a year and a half ago, and uh, you know he was asking, he goes, you know, is Hanalei? I was like, no, and we just made a decision. This is before mm. COVID, mm. so. And I remember, I remember. That, that's way, way before. Yeah. Because, because you vaccinate children in the U.S. when they're very Yeah. Young, and right? so when we made a decision, I remember telling my buddy, my closest friend, and he said, he looks at me, he goes, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. He, he's like, my best friend is saying that. And I go, well, we've done this research. He goes, how could you do that? Like, are you, are you responsible? I'm like, yeah, actually I'm doing the research and looking at this. And then I just, we stopped talking about it because it's, it's so ingrained in people's brain that you're like, I, I'm not even gonna talk about it. This is just what we're doing. And we're, like Hanalei has been to 50 some countries. And I think she went to the hospital once because there was altitude sickness at 11,000 feet before we went to Machu Picchu. So, and she's been in every third world country, India, and she's pretty healthy. Do your own research. Do your research. <laughs> so what do I have to say about it now? I want to see how things play out. Mm. You know, I'm not going to say mm. one way or another, but um, do your research yeah. and, and don't get, you know, don't make decisions based on what you're being fed. Brian, thanks so much. You're more uh, than welcome. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I'd love to ask you, to, to close, well, first, how can people follow you? Yeah. Also, what's the what's exciting for you? What's the next thing? And um, I know you're looking into community thing also. So if you want to add that in the mix, yeah. I'm interested. You can find me on officialbrianswan.com. That's my website, Unstoppable Family. If you do any Google search for Unstoppable Family, we're all in there, unstoppablefamily.com. And I got a beard company. If you want some beard products for your bearded loved ones, Unstoppablebeard.com. I hope to be a customer in the next few years. But well, I'm going to have to get my growth coming. formula for you. <laughs> so so we got some work to do. And I'm formulating some new batches here. Mm. And, uh, you know, the communities, I've been on the search, uh, you know, even for a couple of years ago, we're like, how can we live? Like, so Bali is kind of that community of, you know, people that are, you know, think very alike right you can mm. you can call it like uh, a woke you can call it you know whatever and there's a lot of ones that are you know airy fairy and like this is who i am so they live in ubud so <laughs> right so i've always we ron and i we've talked about that and ever since covid happened we're like you know when you're like i gotta have a you think back before covid of if somebody was say like, hey, you're sustainable, so are you collecting your own water and doing your own food? You're like, you're kind of crazy, but we were thinking about it before. And it's like, when COVID happened, I'm like, man, I gotta, we gotta start preparing for this. Mm. We gotta start looking. So yeah, we're looking at and different uh, projects. And, you know, I think, I think it's gonna wake people to how people really can live. Uh, you know, it's not a fantasy. You know, there is people, you know, community that they can live together and it doesn't have to be surrounded by what a government says, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, who's the president. And it's 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 so funny to say living life in your own terms, but it's like mm. you got to make a conscious decision of what it's going to yeah, look it's like. like. Those levels of sovereignty, right? I own my own money, but then I don't know if you're into cryptos, but then I'm my own bank and then I produce my own food without all these chemicals. Yeah. And, and it's going to lead very soon to sort of like our nations, I believe. Absolutely. And that's something I'd be willing to talk about for another hour. <laughs> nah, it's it's very true. Yeah. It's And it's Exciting. not it's not far out there. Mm. Thank you so much, Brian. Do you have a last word for our listener? Last word is, you know, I... I that expiration date, I've started a lot of a lot of talks that I've done is, you know, what does six months mean from you now? And, you know, if you think about six months, it's like, 
what is that? But if you knew that was the day that you're going to die, or let's say one or two years, mm. what are the things that you would be doing today? Like really doing. And if you really start taking that, it's, it's like what I was telling you about of making it a priority. Like if you just said, let's just say three years to kind of put it off, but you had three years left to live, what would you be doing now? And, it, and when you let that sit in your, in your freaking bones, you're going to be doing th different things, but you got to make it a priority. Mm. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Thank you to the listener. Suksama, as we say here in Bali. Thank you for taking some of your precious time to listen to this podcast. If you stayed until the end, I assume it was insightful. So if you like this podcast, please share with friends. Remember that if you tag us in your Instagram story at the Light Leaders Podcast, we will repost. Tell us what you've learned. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Now, if you want to stay posted about new podcast releases, especially as we get censored more and more on big tech platforms, make sure to join our newsletter and our Telegram. You'll find the links on thelightleaders.org and feel free to contact me directly too, whether it's for feedback or potential collaborations. Thank you again. And let's co-create the conscious new earth together. Thank you for watching my YouTube channel. If you like this video, don't forget to hit the like button and to subscribe to my channel.